So since our last episode, what um, have you changed about your online profile? Um, I had a good look at it and made sure it said that I was Irish. <laughs> Great. Good job. Good job. Excellent. How have you Irished it up? Have you done anything specific? Oh, I just um, superimposed a massive picture of loads of shamrocks. Is that... <laughs> Excellent. In case you missed our um, our bonus episode a couple of weeks ago, um, it was all about how to be more castable, essentially, findable and castable. Uh, and there were quite a few takeaway points. I um, checked my website and discovered that several of my demos were like undownloadable after ranting about clicking and clicking and not being able to get a, a downloadable demo of people. <laughs> Mine also wasn't. It was just some like freak sizing issue. Um, so I've adjusted that now. I have adjusted it, but Pot there's still more to go. Black. What is it there? Pot kettle black. Pot kettle. Yes. Pot kettle black. <laughs> exactly. That's what they slay. They try to anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's too great. early for this. Well, that was part one. That was part one of Shine Online with the Voice Over Social. Um, and now we have part two, which is our big, huge main episode, which is all about SEO. What does it stand for, Nick? Some exciting observations. Did you just come no. up with that off the top of your head? Yeah. You it's very good. amazing. And I don't think you get enough respect. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah, I think I need more respect, really. Uh, especially for my four-year-old. But yeah. let's not go down that road. No, no. Uh, search engine optimization. Very obviously. good. Getting up to the top of the Google ladder. So later on in the show, we're going to be finding out how your business changes when you get the SEO exactly right. And now to do this, we basically asked all of Twitter to Google the phrase female voiceover. And this is what the woman who won that competition told us about that day. Most days... I don't even think about I don't even think about it. I don't think about where I am in the Google rankings. And you sort of forget, you just get on with your life. And then this suddenly my Twitter started to go funny and I was like, why is why is everyone what's what's why is everyone Googling me all of a sudden? What what's going on? Why is everyone talking about me? And I was like, Oh, you guys. <laughs> and it was really nice. And that probably helped my Google rankings, so cheers. <laughs> <laughs> well, bless. Uh, you're welcome, Claire. Uh, find out what happened to her when she got to the top of the SEO tree, how long it actually took to happen, and whether it was worth it at the end of the show. We're also going to be getting some pretty excellently actionable tips on how to make yourself more findable in search engines from uh, a woman who specialises in web and branding for actual voiceovers. Mm. Like, that's the specialism. And it's Mrs. Helen B. Oh, it is lovely. But first, we've asked some producers from a few different sectors to tell us when was the last time they used a search engine to find a voice and what the search term was. I'm Hannah Ralph from PHMG. I cast for on-hold messaging, IVR and corporate narrative. When casting for new voiceover artists recently, I searched for conversational, chatty and genuine. My name's Kirsty Gilmore. I'm a voice director and casting director based in London in the UK and I mainly cast for games. When I use Google to search for voices, what I'm usually looking for is something quite specific. I often will search for specific accents, specific age ranges, or specific types of voices. And sometimes I'll be grouping those terms together. So I might be looking for teenage Yorkshire female voice, for example. Or I might be looking for a male Egyptian voice. 
Um, sometimes if I need them to be in a specific location, I'll stick in the location. So male Egyptian voice London, for example, if I know that I'll need to be recording them at a London studio or otherwise I might just keep it uh, open. Um, I also might use qualifiers uh, like deep male mid-Atlantic voice. And if I know that I need specific requirements, for example, a home studio, then I'll probably add that as well. So deep male mid-Atlantic home studio are kind of the terms that I may use. My name is Tony Chernside and I regularly cast for audio dramas. I don't normally use Google to search for them, but one of the things certainly in the last 12 months it's become very important to search for is actors with their own home recording setup. Hi, I'm Adders from LBS Productions. I mainly cast voiceovers for corporate videos and events, radio commercials, online explainer videos, TV commercials and podcasts. When it comes to SEO, I would typically type in keywords to summarise the style of voice I'm after. For example, sonorous, mellifluous, angelic, avuncular, genuine, convincing... Ream, sick, dope, that sort of thing. And the keywords for my last voice search were smooth, credible and engaging. Thank you. My name is Dave Peacock, director and co-owner of Peacock Sound. We do lots of casting for animations and our primary go-to is generally Spotlight and voice agencies directly. We occasionally do Google searches. Normally, if we're looking for something quite niche say, Arabic comedic actors living in London or teenage Japanese actors and things like that. It feels frustrating when you hear a voice saying, well, why haven't you used me? Why haven't you found me? Why haven't you contacted me? And you do a Google search their name plus voice actor and they don't even come up when you search that. You have to be able to be found. However you do that is up to you. Be it Spotlight, be it an agent be it a card in the news agent's window. If somebody happens to see it, that's all fine. But you have to be able to be found. Otherwise, you cannot be cast. Just give me a minute while I change all the metadata on my website, thanks. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know, like Adders from LBS in the middle there, it's sometimes hard to tell if he's joking or not, but I don't know if avuncular has... <laughs> I had to look it up. Apparently means like behaving like an uncle. Did you know? Avuncular, the origin of the word, behaving like an uncle. Well, there you go. I think it means like kindly in, in actual terms. But I never knew, like right. it could be anything, couldn't it? Avuncular, it sounds like it could be um, quite easily miffed. Sounds like some kind of medical condition that you wouldn't want to share <laughs> at an afternoon tea. Don't put that in your metadata. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's got an avuncular. Oh, no. Oh, it's oozing. Sorry, I went too far. Oozing. Ah, oh, Nick. <laughs> no, no. No. Right. So how to do it. Um, we've got you an interview then with Helen B, who is one half of B double E. Helping voiceovers to be seen and heard. Exactly. She's the branding and web design side of things. And then the other half of the company is Rob B, who's an audio producer and a studio whiz. And actually, he's helped me to get numerous home studios into shape over the last like decade or so. But anyway, mm. I asked Helen before people even start thinking about SEO, what do they need to get their head around first? One of the most important things for any website in general, but particularly for SEO as well, is you have to have a clear idea of who you're aiming your whatever it is that you're promoting at. If you don't know your audience, it's it's very difficult to preempt how they're going to try and find you and the content that they're going to want to actually 
look at and read and consume when they get to you. So if you don't know who your audience are, you can't then adjust your SEO to pull people into search results and then you can't build your site with content that's going to be of any interest. So how, how do you know what your audience is? It's, it's, it's not an easy task. For instance, if you are aiming uh, and you are your your main desire is to do audiobooks, the way that people cast audiobooks is very different to the way that they would cast for um, animation, IVR, corporate work. It, you need to understand how people find voices to do the genres of work that you want to then work out what keywords they start searching for and apply that to the to the wording within your site and again what they're looking for when they get to your site if you you can have the best seo ranking in the world but if they get to your site and they can't find your demos they can't find contact details they can't find anything about you there's there's no point you're not going to book work um and it's it's as much about having the balance of content and seo as it is purely about dragging people to your site if there's nothing Mm. to visit well, this because of this episode being all about SEO, yeah. I want to I want to focus on that as much as possible. But I do think yeah. it's important that we do run that run run through that quickly. So um, we can't have people coming finding you using search engine optimization if what they find is a load of rubbish. So what is yeah. it that um, that people should be making sure they've got absolutely tip top before they start thinking even about uh, about this stuff? Demos and studio. If you don't have a good sound and your audio and your demos are not good, people will not hire you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have the brilliant demos on your website and a perfect example of how you can work, then people know what they're going to get, and that's what they're after ultimately when they're when they're going to VO websites. They want to be able to contact you easily, so you have to put phone numbers and email addresses on there, not just a contact box. If someone's looking for an urgent casting, they've got a couple of hours to do it, they ain't going to fill in a contact form. They're going to mm. want your email address. Rob used to do it all the time as well. He'd, sometimes he'd already, he would have already booked a voice, and it's a last-minute contact. It's just like, oh, my God, we've got an error. We need the phone number, and they mm. couldn't find it. And mm. it's it's it. the easier you make the producer or whoever is casting's life to give them what they need, the better. So um, the other thing to do is make sure your demos are downloadable as well because the people searching for the voices aren't necessarily the people that end up casting. Sometimes it's someone that's trawling through lots of sites or they're gathering loads of stuff to get a database on their own systems and they'll come back to those demos a few Mm. months down the line and they still need to know who you are, what the demo is, your name and how to contact you. That's that's great to hear because that's something that we've heard a couple of times recently. so you've confirmed you've confirmed our biases that's not how that's not the word anyway <laughs> great um but you mentioned putting your putting your phone number and your email address mm. and stuff on there what do you how can how can you avoid that being i mean i have a an un, possibly unfounded but um possibly founded fear of just putting my email address and my mobile phone number on the internet i feel like that's going to be a problem at some point but i don't really know why what what what, what am i afraid of and how do i stop being afraid of it um it, you're right to be nervous and unfortunately I think it's one of those things that you have to just do um, you will get scam calls there's absolutely <laughs> unfortunately these people are very clever these days and they know how to troll websites for phone numbers and email addresses um, what you have to weigh up is the ease of which your clients can contact you and if it means that you only get say two or three spam emails a week it's worth just sending those to junk it's a few seconds of your time, whereas it could be 
the other swing side could be losing a job. Mm. Um, well, I suppose it's got to be the, a balance act. That I can understand, but it's the, it's the mobile phone number on the website thing that yes. I think I'm most surprised by. So I am, I I've, I get notifications as soon as I get an email. Like I never miss an email. Yeah. And um, people will send me an email, then they'll send me a WhatsApp text message saying I've emailed you this thing, and I'm like, I know, I've already read it, <laughs> yeah. uh, because I'm on I'm on it all the time. And I think as m- most most freelancers are like that, because you just never know yeah. when the work's coming in. Yeah. If you are that responsive to your uh, email account do you need to have a mobile phone number on there really I personally I think you do and I think part of it is to do with looking like a legitimate business and I say that not saying that you're not if you don't, <laughs> I don't mean that. That, that can come across very negatively what do you and mean I don't mean about it my to. website <laughs> <laughs> exactly I think if you if you look at if you were go if you were going to hire somebody to do a professional service if you were going to hire a lawyer to do something if you were looking to say get a will Unless I knew how to contact that lawyer in more than one way, I wouldn't trust them as a business owner to know right. that they were a legitimate business. And this this comes back to SEO, and this is how search engines, one of the things that they look for, is to check that you're a real-life thing. You are an entity of a business. You are not just a bot somewhere based, whoever, you know, wherever. You are a genuine business with a genuine human at the end of it. The way that they can track that is by looking at things like, do you have social media pages that link to your business account? So Facebook pages, LinkedIn business pages, Google business pages, all are checked, particularly Google business pages, although they are less checked post-pandemic or during pandemic than they were pre. Oh. um, Because they used to send something to a physical postal address to check that you actually existed where you said that you did. Really? Before you're allowed, yeah, before you're allowed to set up a Google business page, so they check that you are real, that right. you're not just a figment of somebody's imagination. Um, having the phone number on is another one of those things that convinces people that you are legitimate. If you were purely looking to spam, you wouldn't have contact details on there. You wouldn't have an address. Mm. Uh, again, another really good way. To prove that you're a legitimate business. Now, I, I agree. You, I am I not putting my address on my website. Yep. <laughs> I, I <laughs> totally agree. I'm weighing we, it up. I'm, th- I'm having a big think. And uh, all things considered, that's a terrible idea. But <laughs> what you can do is get a registered address. Um, we have a registered address at our accountants. It costs us something like 20 quid a year. Oh, yeah. Um, as a Because we're limited, we are legally obliged to have a, a physical address. We have to publish that on there as a sole trader. You don't. But it works in your favour if you do. Right. It's all these straight, all these little bits all add up to being to prove that you're legitimate, to prove you exist as a real life breathing thing, human. I should have said um, <laughs> thing. <laughs> thing. You are a real business. You are um, somebody to be trusted, and 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 there's so many checks that that search engines do to to make sure you are legitimate okay well i think that's something that like that's then down to the that's then down to the individual to weigh up like yeah is that something that you want yeah. to do do you want to sacrifice all that stuff to the gods of yeah. seo or not so yeah let's move on to what else you can do because there may be other ways of pushing you up yourself up the search engine um optimization ladder that don't involve um, getting phone calls in the middle of the night from people trying to sell you car insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that would be heroic. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, There are loads of things and it's, it's a lot of, a lot of SEO is about working out what works for you 
in your situation. There isn't one hard and fast rule. You can't just apply the same thing to every person. It just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Partly because nobody actually knows how search engines rank you. Oh. <laughs> they have a good idea. So there is a list, and I will give you the link so that you can stick it in the show notes. There mm, is a list of 200 factors that have been pulled together not by Google because they don't necessarily publish them. Some of them have been confirmed by places like Google. Um, some of them are speculated and they always change anyway. Um, it's impossible, I think, for anybody to actually get all 200 right. If you could, you wouldn't actually have any time to run your own business. I think, <laughs> I mean, unless you, unless you can pay someone to do it full time, it's it's a ridiculous amount of work. There are, I mean, it's, it is crazy some of the stuff that they do. Um, if we go really basic, one of the best things that you can do is have a multi-page website as opposed to a single-page website. Right. Um, basically, treat search engines like an idiot. Um, they're not very <laughs> sensible. Um, they are. They cut. You know, they can't interpret things particularly well. So you have to make things really, really simple. If you have a really simple structured site where you have a home page, a demo page, a work samples page, a contact page, a testimonials page, Google can read that loads better than it can read one long page with all the information in it. A bit like the difference between getting a big old... Remember those old printer pages that used to be joined together and you used to have to rip them off and you get... Gosh, I do remember literally, those. <laughs> this is proving my age now. <laughs> with the holes with down the, little, the side. Yeah, all the little punch <laughs> things down the side. They were wonderful back in the days. Uh, oh, um, but if you're confronted with one of those massive concertina stacked pieces of paper as one long streaming kind of roll of never-ending... As even as a person, it's quite overwhelming to try and figure out what it is you're supposed to be looking at and finding, if it's in much shorter chunks and and more digestible like size. Flashcards. It's as good for the visitor as it is for 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 the search engines to understand it. Yeah. So little things like that, using subheadings that describe what it is that you're about to talk about, as opposed to just launching into a load of demos put a subheading that says when you say subheading so you're talking about the copy that's on, say imagine yes. you're talking about the home page of the website and um, yep. you're just talking about the copy that's on there yeah oh, okay yeah so just little subheadings and that helps just... not just the reader but also search engines yeah because the the subheadings that they have um, this is getting a little bit more technical they have different ratings of what they called h tags and you can rank those in order of priority and that's one of the ways that search engines scan your site to to see which is the most important bit of information I think I've seen there. that come up but I didn't understand it and I don't think that we should start trying to explain it because I think no, that's something that's it's... a bit more advanced but um if you if you've got like a a website builder like Squarespace mm -hmm. or Wix or I don't know yeah. more, um, they will that'll actually be called headings, will it? When it comes up as an option for how you're writing and structuring your yes, it is um, called a page. heading or a title in WordPress, and then you get your text block, which is the the paragraph text. So just so make yes, sure you're using it. Yeah, gotcha. Absolutely. Yeah. Go um, on. So things like that, little short paragraphs to introduce things like um, a short, it only needs to be a, a sentence or two sometimes, but just a little paragraph above, say, demos. And I'm going to pick on demos for voices because it's got to be one of the most important things that there is on a voiceover website. Um, if you have a little bit of copy to explain 
what it is people are about to potentially listen to, Google can interpret that as well. You've got to remember that Google can't listen to audio. It can only listen to the can data. Can it not? I thought... Not, th- not th- in the same way. It doesn't automatically go to your site and press play. It just scans it for text. So it, it's metadata that's in the audio tracks. You can oh, read that. I thought can't... that there was something... Like, is it called audio keyword recognition or have I invented that? It can do stuff, but not as easily. And I think that's the thing. It's all about making it as simple and as clear and as obvious as possible. So if you've got, if you're not so technically skilled to be able to get into the metadata of your audio files and put it all in there, and not everybody is, um, then putting a small sub heading or a paragraph above explaining what you're about to do and, and what is in the demos what about if you've named do, do, can it see the name of the demos yes so absolutely. if you've named your demo like clearly that yes. should help naming is naming demos and, and images is another really good one for seo you need to only use lowercase letters and the only symbol to ever put in a file name is the dash the hyphen um, so not an underscore, not underscores, not ands, not ats, not stars, nothing. Just a little straight horizontal short line, um, and use the short line to separate all of the words. And then Google can read the file names a lot easier than it Leah can. Leah dash marks dash corporate dash demo. Yeah. Wow. And that, all lowercase. All I lower feel like case. that means it's some sort of bullet point noise. <laughs> what what noise does a bullet point make? <laughs> Bing! Ping! <laughs> oh, that's our ad noise. Oh, that won't do. Boing! Um, and it does work. I, I started doing it on our site um, for images, obviously more for us because we don't, we're not voiceovers. Um, and I have booked work purely on Google Image Search Good grief. results. Your images are as important sometimes as your content. They may not be the biggest selling point in the world for a voiceover but they're still of you it's still that repeated Mm. getting your name if you have a picture of you on your website put your name in the file name because google will then be on all the other search engines. yes i do that and otherwise if i don't do that um people think that i am an academic at the university of glasgow she she and i have the same name yeah, I've so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to race her to the uh, to the top of the Google image search. <laughs> I want there to be more pictures of my grinning face than hers. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, there's a very famous child psychologist in America called Helen B. So I'm uh. a bit uh, stuffed on that front. She's renowned. They're, they're totally so clever, aren't they? These alter egos. <laughs> so it's a small difference. It's never going to make you millions, but all these little things add up. Great. So. What about other 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 practicalities? Um, not practicalities, but like logistical matters that you can uh, suggest to people who are working on this. Oh, that sounds very grand. Yeah. Um. <laughs> logistical matters, please, Helen. Thank logistical you. matters, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> blimey, I'm scrolling through my notes and I can't find logistical matters. <laughs> so one of the massive, massively important things to do is. Um, if your website does not work on a mobile phone, you will never rank highly on Google or any other search engine. Over 50% of traffic is mobile-based these days. It is massively important that your site works as well on mobile, if not better, than it does on the desktop. How does Google know if your site works on a mobile? It's 
this is where Google isn't stupid. Right. Um, <laughs> it, it's clever. There are sites that you can go in and you can test your speed ranking and it will preview things on mobile view and it will take into account load speeds and, and image previews and text sizes and things like that. Most website builders now, certainly WordPress, which is the one I use, has mobile and desktop views. I know Wix and Squarespace both have desktop and mm, mobile views. Um they're they're good, but they don't give you an absolute guaranteed result. The best way to do it is to get a mobile phone and check what your website yeah, looks absolutely. like. And don't just do it on an iPhone or a Android. Do it on both. Try and get different people to look at your site on different types of phones because different things will be handled in different ways. Make sure people can fill in a contact form on your phone because mm. sometimes those can be really difficult. Make sure menus are easily viewable sometimes i've seen quite a few sites where the menu looks amazing on a desktop site and mm. then you can't see it at all on a mobile or it's so big that you can't see anything else on a mobile and it takes up three quarters of the screen these things have to be sorted they have to be looked at there is absolutely no option these days to not have a site that works on mobile as well as desktop Search engines will negatively rank your site, so they will give you points against if you are not mobile optimised. So it really does. It is so important. You got if it. If that's the only thing that you do after listening to this, <laughs> is Hang look on. at your look at your website on a phone and check every bit. Check the links work. Check it's obvious where the links are because sometimes when everything's tiny on a phone. It's not always as obvious. I think that deserves another boing, 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 boing. It really is. It is so important. It is so important. Brilliant. What else you got? Oh, so social media is really, as I mentioned briefly before, is actually really key. Um, it's all about that legitimising you as a business. That is really important. So the, the more that you can do to prove that you exist as a business, the better. So um, do not have a Facebook profile page for your voiceover work partly because that goes against the terms of facebook uh rules but you need a facebook business page that oh. is ranked and marked as a yep they exist okay good so okay facebook business point. page yeah. uh linkedin business pages as well are really useful is, like is, that. That, is a linkedin business page different to a linkedin page Yes. Oh, um, you can I set see. up a page for your like business. Like for your company, I understand. Yeah, in the same way that Facebook has both, you can have both for LinkedIn. So that's a right. really quick, simple, it's free to do, takes a few minutes. I see what you mean um, about it taking up all of your time. Because oh, you, it really can. You don't just have to set it up right. You've got to keep it updated <laughs> yeah. and interact and, with it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Google <sighs> business page is probably one of the... If you, if you don't have the time or the inclination to do any of the other business pages the google business page is the one of the the key ones um partly because most people use google to search for things and if your business is listed in as a as a legitimate page in google you're much more likely to be found in search results um they're free to set up they're quite simple um yeah, that's that's a really good. So one. Facebook um, and LinkedIn and Google business pages. Are yep. there any other ways that people should be thinking about using social media to feed into their visibility? It's a lot of it is about consistency. So if you have, um, and this goes for Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whichever platform, YouTube that you happen to use, use the same usernames and descriptions of who you are, what you do. Make sure that you've got 
your website linking back to your website from your profiles on your social pages so you shouldn't adapt what you write about what you do for different platforms you should try and keep the writing oh no sorry I'm not talking about content I'm Ah. talking purely about the profile description of who you are and the username so if you have a Leah Marks voiceover website it makes much more sense to have a Leah Marks voiceover or something similar as a Twitter username as opposed to XY432 Leah (laughs) smiley face kind of thing and it's it's making those consistencies in the in the actual names of things work it's not always possible but not like Um, the bio just the name the name itself but the bio Mm. description as well it's something again that that is if you think that people who are looking for accounts to follow on Twitter will be searching through Twitter if those keywords come up in more than one place instagram is a is a social platform that if you're not into taking photos then don't bother with it right i my instagram just just stop it's ridiculous i had a whole like phase during lockdown one of thinking that i could do something useful in like cooking and showing people what i was doing and also was just like quite proud of what i was cooking and so there's this long (laughs) section of my instagram feed which is just full of these incredible photographs of food and then there's um a social media expert chap um who i went to a workshop with and i got a photo of him like wagging his finger at me telling me that i needed to have my entire instagram feed be related to voiceover in some way and then I tried sort of limped along for a little while trying to take interesting <laughs> photos of voiceover related stuff and there is nothing in like unique there is nothing you can create that has not already been yeah. done 20,000 times like there is only so <laughs> many booth selfies a person can take so I'm not uh, no I think not I think Instagram. content, it's not, it's not for, content me. for social I think I, I disagree with that. I don't think your social feeds do have to be constantly about the thing that you do. Because oh, great. I, I also disagree with it. I think it's silly. Excellent. Oh, I'm glad we agree. We are. <laughs> I mean, I can understand why people need to be able to look at your Instagram feed and not just think, yeah. is this person I mean, is this person a voiceover are or are they a, they a nurse? What goes on? <laughs> yeah. and who are all these family members? Absolutely. And what's like, like You've got to have a balance, I think, that makes it clear what you are. But I don't think you need to just be only taking photos of your uh, microphone. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, uh, you've got to think about why why your potential clients would go to your social media feeds. Um, It's usually to find out who you are and to find out a bit more about the way that you work, the style that you have, the way that you present yourself, the way that past work samples people will str- will go through so a mix mm. of of stuff is always good I anyway think. i've derailed us i've derailed us <laughs> let's get back onto the seo train um yeah. so we've we've talked a bit about uh, social media yeah. um, and keeping the uh names the same and the keywords the same so you may have more things to say about social media but shall we just have a little chat about keywords keywords are a funny one and it's a huge topic and i always bit like seo it's a bit like dark magic um nobody because the search engines don't publish hard and fast rules on, on what to do to get certain things it's really difficult to to preempt the results of those keywords um i am not a keyword expert there are keyword experts out there that specialize in keywords um i would say that the biggest thing that you can do goes back to working out or trying to second guess why people want to visit your site. And if you are, um, you know, if you are making cupcakes and you deliver to a certain area around, say, Manchester, then cupcakes Cupcake in Manchester, delivery, Manchester and delivery need to <laughs> yeah. be in your keywords. Yes. It's about 
trying to work out why people want to to find you. And what is specifically unique about you as well. Yes. And it's the combination of those words together that will make it unique because very few people, I mean, obviously everybody's going to have things like voiceover, voice artist, voice actor. Um, The other thing to note with voiceover, with keywords, is that if you do start just throwing things like voice actor, voice artist, voice, uh, just a long ream of these words together in a paragraph, Google will actually penalise you for that because, again, this is where Google isn't stupid. If you're using the same word over and over and it's not a coherent, grammatically correct paragraph, it knows. So the keywords that you're talking about, these aren't in the metadata. These are just in the content of the website. Even in the metadata, you can't, if you can't, you can't just have a series of tags. Yeah, it, oh. it will it will notice that you're... That's mad. So I thought me- that was what metadata was all about, was just putting the information in there. It's getting really, really clever, basically, when it comes to reading things like that. So metadata is about is as much about accessibility as well. So if you think about people with either um, that have screen readers or things like that, they need to be able to, to look at your site and still mm. interpret it. If all the metadata in your images or tags... Voice over a voice. Just artist. A, exactly. Nobody's going to be able to access your site and, and search engines are getting much more clever at interpreting accessibility to sites as well as usability for things like mobile and desktop variants. Um, it's better to go slim and simple uh, than risk getting penalised, I think. Other people may disagree with me, of course, and that's that's fair enough. I'd, if someone does, I'll happily have that conversation because right. I'd love it's, to It's such more. a murky cloud of yeah. confusion, isn't it, keywords? But th- that really is difficult. interesting. So basically the, the points are um, work out why people are looking for you and what you can offer that's different from everybody else and make sure that those things are included in the yeah. written copy on your website and also in the metadata in the form of a sentence so that, um, that Google yeah. can find and believe what yeah. you're saying about yourself. Yeah, so the metadata for images, for instance, or audio, the description bit needs to be a description of what it is that the, the image or things are. So if it's a picture of Leah Marks in her booth with her microphone, is it can be a picture of Leah Marks' voiceover in her booth with her microphone, voicing see, blah, blah, blah. But if you just go Leah Marks' voiceover, voice actor, blah, 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 it's not a sentence. It's not something that can be interpreted. Um, that's the other the other thing that, that search engines are getting really good at is good grammar and spelling. Hooray! Wow, great. <laughs> something to aspire so, to. Again, um, yeah, it's... And regionalised spelling, it knows. Um, it's, so it's America not going to penalise you if UK. you're in America and you're right. spelling the word colour differently to the UK. Mm. I think, you know, it's it's not that cruel. That's fine. Um, <laughs> okay, so once you've done all these things... Um, that we've boinged. How do you know that it's actually working? How, do, apart from like, because because if you Google yourself, does that come up with a? Is that more likely to come up with the result that you want? As in, are you more likely to see yourself than if somebody else does? If you do it in private or on incognito mode, you're more likely to get um, what other people will see. Um, but you have a a user history on your browser that will affect your search results. Um, so, so incognito or private will help that, will help knock out some of your past search terms and all the rest of it, but you can never 100% guarantee um, what other people are seeing. The best way to, to tell it whether your SEO or your website is working is if you're booking work. Um, right. Simple as it. You can have the highest ranking 
website in the world, but unless you're booking the right kind of work that you want to book, what's the point? If you come top ranking for audiobooks, but you don't produce, you don't voice them, then you don't really want people visiting your site, and it's actually going to affect you negatively because people will be finding you visiting your site, going, "Well, that's a loader," and hopping away. And that bounce rate, the people mm. vanishing off your site quickly, is actually another re- another negative point for. Oh, so you want to keep them there? Ranking. So you've got to keep people there. In terms of technical, practical things, um, location of your hosting company can make a difference. If you are um, looking for specific regions of work in terms of a geographical region. How interesting. I think my hosting company is in America. Yeah. So that's great if you're looking for work in America. But if you're looking for work in the UK, get a UK hosting company. Oh, it's all of these little small things that add up to make a big thing in in their, in themselves. They might not make a huge difference, but when you start doing them all, that's when it starts counting. So given that this is a conversation about the internet, uh, we shouldn't probably end it without talking about scams because <laughs> it's riddled, <laughs> riddled with scams. So I get emails from people offering to sort out my SEO quite a lot um, and I would never ever respond well to a like a, a cold approach like that yeah um mostly because the emails that are written are very poorly written very poorly <laughs> <laughs> so i don't trust that at all it's um, a good sign that they're coming from somewhere that's not legit yeah so yeah it's a good spotting how tell. do you how do you if you are to, if you are going to decide to if, if you're finding all this a bit much um all this talk of like eight tags oh, and everything yeah, else oh my god so if, if, if it's all just horrifying and terrifying and yep. you just want somebody to fix it for you who do you trust and how do you know who not to trust i would suggest in the same way that you find any other service provider to do things for you um if somebody rocked up to my house rang on the doorbell and told me that they'd replace my roof because it looked dodgy i would send them on their way <laughs> if i had word of mouth recommendation if i had proof of their work from past case studies or examples of the work they've done if they've got active social profiles that i can go on and look at some of the work that they've done if they link to um, past clients um examples of work that they've done that's that's how you find it in the same way that you would find anybody that's trustworthy to do anything the word of mouth is so important another good reason to get testimonials on your websites um anyway uh so yeah i think um key things to look for you've already said the grammar look at their email address and where it's coming from if it's one two three seven five eight at gmail or hotmail or something like that they're not going to be a business they're going to be a scammer if their email address is coming from a, a business website and you can find the website and you can look into that, then that, that, that gives you a bit more kind of confidence sometimes. Sometimes cold calling's not always a bad thing. We all have to do it. Mm. Well, there was something I was going to ask you about scamming. It was um, what constitutes scam behaviour in an, a self-proclaimed SEO specialist? So what Quick. might somebody who is just like getting the results no matter like in, in in some sort of dodgy underhanded way what might they be doing i think anybody that offers a quick fix or a guaranteed search result in the top whatever ranking is lying 
They're just lying. They won't. They you won't be able to do it. Cannot do it. You what cannot... about like, um, like fake, fake interactions and followers and all that sort of thing? Like, there's, there's, there's a whole network of yeah. thousands of people or thousands of invented people um, who can sort of mass- massively boost yep. your your follower count or um, and and would would that have an effect on yes. on your SEO? Yeah, absolutely, definitely has a negative effect. So your anything you do online is trackable and traceable. And the search engines know that if you are constantly spamming sites, it will know that IP address is is linked to those constant spams. So, again, companies that offer these these fake kind of boosts, it doesn't take long for them to actually count negatively against you. You might temporarily get a a massive hit. Um, But then unless you're booking work from those hits... What's the point? What does SEO stand for? So, everyone online, something extraordinary. Show everyone our sponsor's excellent offer. Sure, enthusiastically, or speedily, excitedly, or sensibly. Exactly. Onwards. Since 2005, Source Elements has been the gold standard in remote media by helping creators collaborate no matter where they are in the world. Oh, that's what it stands for. Source Elements, obviously. Source Elements. Connect. Collaborate. Create. Hi, The VoiceOver Social. So, I'm a voiceover, and when I first started out, I was recording under a table with a duvet wrapped round my head. When I made a booth out of bits from round the house, like a mattress all piled up with some pillows and a plant pot. Then, I found out there was a voiceover with a really good home studio living down the road. So, I used to go round and break in in the night. But, she was like 40 minutes away, so it wasn't very convenient. But then... I used the secret password VO Social Podcasts to get me studio bricks booth from Black Cat Music and it just solved all my problems. Studio bricks. It's a proper home studio. Get 15% off yours at Black Cat Music with the secret password VO Social Podcasts. So like we mentioned earlier, we wanted to know who was winning at this SEO game uh, so we could steal other ideas. <laughs> um, joking, joking, obviously. Um, so we basically asked everyone in our social media to Google female voiceover and see who popped up. And the indisputable winner was... Claire Wyatt. Hooray! Well done, Claire. So we asked her to tell us how she knew the work she'd done on her SEO was working. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know that there was like this sudden day where I was like, oh, I'm getting loads of phone calls. Isn't that interesting? Um, I think there was a bit of a trickle of new business inquiries. And I just noticed there was a bit of a pickup in uh, new people contacting me. And, you know, I'd always say if they emailed me or phoned me, I'd go, oh, brilliant. How did you find me, by the way? You know, this is always useful to know how people have found you, whether it's a recommendation or they've worked yeah, worked with somebody you know. And they go, oh, we just uh, found you on Google. Oh, we just uh, found you on Google. And I was like, oh, wow. 
something's working it's pretty magical so I don't yeah it wasn't sort of like a boom one day it was there I just slowly noticed over a a few months uh, that I was getting more inquiries like that that's interesting because I was wondering how long it would take so, so a few months is before it started. You started to actually notice that the inquiries were coming in. Yeah, but the, I think the thing is, um, it wasn't like I did some sort of. I didn't press a few magical buttons and just be like, my SEO is now perfect, and boom, I should be getting loads of inquiries. It it doesn't work like that. I think. Well, for me, I've just been building my business slowly, carefully. I mean, I've been doing this for twenty odd years. And so I think that the new business stuff that might have come through SEO was working in collaboration with recommendations or my own personal reaching out to people and new clients and stuff. So it was all part and parcel of me doing more to market my business generally. So the SEO, I think people mustn't, you don't look at it like it's some sort of like silver bullet that's going to solve everything. Because still the vast majority of my work comes from contacts that I've directly made myself face to face somehow or through recommendations or through just having a reputation in the industry. So, you know, I think you can waste a lot of time and energy worrying about SEO and being like, I want to be on page one at Google. And I think that people shouldn't, you know, twist the noodles too much about it. (laughs) That's an excellent point. But that's easy to say because I'm on page one of Google. Yeah, I mean, don't twist your noodles anywhere near me, guys. <laughs> yeah, um, get out of my space. <laughs> um, so the types of jobs that you that people were booking you for um, and the types of clients that were coming to you uh, as a result of just finding you on Google, doing a Google search, finding you on page one, what did you notice about those that was different to the other work that you were getting for, for whatever avenue? I don't think I noticed that they were particularly different clients because I, the, the people that have come to me via web searches has been fairly varied, actually. Um, I have a few just what I would call one-off clients, so a brand, a business who was like, we've got this one video that we want to do to, you know, product explainer or a promotional or something. And they're like little one-off jobbies. You get a few like that. Um, but then I have had agencies or, you know, production companies and uh, contacting me. And I've already worked with other production companies and stuff. So they haven't been different types of people, really. It's just more of them, which is wonderful. And it's great, obviously. You always want a production company or an agency to contact you because... It's not going to be that one job. If you do it well, they'll come back to you again and again and again. So, um, the, you know, they're the they're the great clients that have found me. But what there has been is, you know, there's been this real stretch from, like I said, your, your random small little business that just has one little job through to a big agency recently reached out to me. They found me via Google and they wanted to find the new brand voice for the British Business Bank. Oh, cool. I know, nice, huh? So uh, <laughs> what they <laughs> what they were doing was they'd found a few different voices and then they were doing some testing. So they got us each, they paid us all, each these different voices, I don't know who the other voices were, to create a, a, a demo ad. And then they did, they tested that ad to, I think, a thousand or more um, small businesses to find out which voice played best, you know. And I got chosen. 
So I am now the the voice Ooh. of the British Business Bank. I know. Pretty oh my cool. god, what a story. I didn't know where it was going. Yeah. I didn't know where it was going to end up. <laughs> <gasps> how exciting. Well, great. But that was that's just a really great example of how you know be, being, you know, up front on Google, being up high. What about the other end of the scale? So, um are you so my I'm not like I don't know where I am really on Google, not not massively high, but um people do find me and my website and contact me via the contact form and I, I do occasionally get um, contact from people who are like sort of speculative dreamers they're not a business yeah. or a company people who've like um, all one sentence like from here to here yeah. explaining what they've got in mind and how much does it cost can you do it for free <laughs> yeah sort of thing. I can smell a time waster from a mile off <laughs> you know and I I'm in the privileged position of being able to just sort of say bye to uh, the time wasters. Now, you know, there are some genuine small businesses that or individuals that contact me who genuinely are doing something interesting or important or whatever. And they have a small ish budget and I will help them if it's if you know if it's the right job and at a reasonable price and i understand that doing a online promo for bmw is priced differently to doing an online promo for barry's motor vehicles you know down the road sure. and so bless i will barry. Oh. Uh, bless barry he's got a business to run too <laughs> i do get some um smaller organizations or individuals contacting me but there is always like there's a tone. I don't know how to explain it. There's a you can tell when somebody is genuinely wants something done. They don't have a big budget, and that's just because of who they are. And I will be reasonable and professional about it. But I can smell it. I can just smell it. You know the people that want to tell you everything about their business. Oh, you know they want you to be as excited about, you know yeah. this this idea they've come up with or whatever I'm going to make five YouTube videos and it's going to be brilliant and they just tell you everything on the the phone and or massive you know poorly articulated emails that has no have no punctuation I god I sound like such a bitch but that (laughs) I just I just don't have I'm very lucky I'm very busy I'm busy in my work but I'm also busy with my children and my life I don't have time for that because I, I know now I mean like I said I've been doing this a long time the the smaller the budget the more they want from you the more hassle they are as a client a and you know yeah. I I value myself and I value my time and I expect my clients to value me and my time and I didn't invest the time and the money I have in this studio in this business um, for no reason it's because I'm good at my job and so yes and I've just found over the years that you just you just sort of say to people okay I'm being reasonable this is a reasonable budget if you can't do that I'm really sorry you know good luck off you off you go find somebody else but I just don't engage but having said that I really don't get that many oh. I don't get that many inquiries like that and I think I think the reason you're asking is because you'd think that, oh, okay, you're page one of Google, mm-hmm. Google searching, oh, you're just going to get phone calls every other five minutes from somebody who wants something for nothing. And I don't really get that many. And I and I don't know why that is. Um, but I think it's, it goes back to what I was saying about it. it's like SEO is just one part of a bigger picture. 
I think I'd like to think that my website is quite good. I've had feedback that my website is good and it's it's easy to navigate. It's presented professionally and uh, my demo reels are, are good and professional. And so I'm sure that if there was, you know, somebody that, that had a really tiny budget and didn't really know what they were doing and was a bit of a time waster, they maybe would look at that and kind of go, that no, I don't think I'll... <laughs> I don't think I'll bother her. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps that's it. What an interesting idea. But I don't. I don't get. I don't get that many. I think it's really important and interesting that she says that actually SEO yes is great, but it's not actually the be all and end all. It's one part mm. of a much bigger game. Mm. Yeah, it is. It is. I agree. I, uh, I I do agree. I don't have anything else to say about that. I feel like uh, we've covered it. All the excellent people in our podcast have covered it so yeah. far. <laughs> we don't need to say anything because we had all the experts saying the things. Thank goodness, so... yes. So actually, if you remember, Helen and I talked a little bit about social media earlier and how I'm a total klutz when it comes to Instagram especially. But there is a lot more to say about social media. So we'll be discussing it all properly in the final part of our Shine Online with the voiceover social series in the little bonus episode in a couple of weeks' time. Shine online, <laughs> you're gonna shine online. I think we needed a just I, felt like I we needed a jingle. That. I think we should sing that at the start of the next episode. Great, okay. I'll try really hard to learn it, not being quite as musical as you. I'll be practicing. <laughs> that what you just did. I'll send you a clip of it. Great. Of me yes. singing it mm-hmm. about a hundred times, uh-huh. one after the other. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks to Helen B. Uh, thanks to all our lovely Super Duper producers for sending us their Google searches. And also, thanks to Top of the Tree with Claire Wyatt. Oh, thank you for listening, obviously. And yes. we just wondered if you'd please leave us a review, if you can, if you've not done already. Yes, you talking to you we would really really like that and we haven't mentioned it for a long time I think we've just been distracted by making the podcast but if you could possibly (laughs) do it it would be amazing you can know you can do it through Apple Podcasts is the main way and don't just tap five stars but write a little doodah thing underneath like say say what you want to say about the podcast it would make so much difference to our lives so thank you please thank you yes thank you yeah even just one word (laughs) yeah one word what what word sums us up do you think Nick Shannon Line Channel, oh, word, brilliant! Yeah, I'm known for my spelling. I'm known for my spelling. <laughs> yeah. um, and while we're thanking people, thank you very much to my dad, who draws our artwork and is an absolute superhero who I love. Um, and you can have a look at his work on our website, which is theviosocial.com. Um, yeah, I've been Leah Marks. I've been Nick. Give us a review, Redman. <laughs> and we, we are, are the voiceover voice social. social. Do you think that was subtle enough? <laughs> review, review. Together till the end of the day.